0: in your Bibles this evening to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel in chapter 16. Ezekiel chapter 16. Shall we Look to the Lord in word of prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we're thankful once again that we can be assembled together in your house this evening. We're thankful, so thankful, for the Lord Jesus Christ and salvation through Him. We've just sang about our glorious Savior, Jesus Christ. And yes, we, as the song said, my Jesus, I love thee. And I do love thee. But at times I have to question, how much do I love thee? And yes, he does lead me. And at times I follow, and at times I'm rebellious and disobedient and don't follow His leading. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that You'd forgive us of our disobedience, of our unbelief. Increase our faith, trust in Thee. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for Thy Word. Oh, it is blessed You have enabled us to have it. You have preserved it down through the ages so that we can read it, so that we can study it, so that we can know the paths that you would have us to walk in. Know more about thee. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you would bless us tonight as we Open the book and look in to your word. we pray to heavenly Father, you'd open our hearts and give us understanding, give us obedient hearts to do thy will for it's in Jesus name we pray amen the book of ezekiel and Chapter 16, last week we looked at verse 25, actually the last couple weeks we were looking at verse 25, but last week we uh, concluded a thought or took a thought from verse 25, beauty abhorred, beauty abhorred. Tonight we're going to begin to look at verse 26 through 29, where we find not only did they cause their beauty to be abhorred by going a-whoring after other gods, even greater than the sins of the nations round about them, But tonight we're going to see that they left the Lord. We've talked about them leaving the Lord. And tonight it's manifestly clear to us that they left the Lord when they began to trust in men. The thought of these four verses that we'll be looking at this week and next, will be trusting in men. They trusted in man. Let's read verses 26 through 29. Thou hast also committed fornication with the Egyptians, thy neighbors, great of flesh, and hast increased thy whoredoms to provoke me to anger. Behold, therefore I have stretched out my hand over thee and have diminished thine ordinary food and delivered thee unto the will of them that hate thee, the daughters of the Philistines, which are ashamed of thy lewd way. Take note of that. The Philistines. They were in the land when Israel went in to possess it. And the Philistines were ashamed, blushed at their lewd ways. Thou hast played the whole whore also with the Assyrians, because thou wast unsatiable. Yea, thou hast played the harlot with them, and yet couldst not be satisfied. Thou hast moreover multiplied thy fornication in the land of Canaan unto Chaldea, and yet thou wast not satisfied herewith. So, definitely in these verses, we see that they put their trust. In men, they put their trust in man. is that something that they should have done? Is that something that you and I should do? Put our trust in man. We see here that God says because they put their trust in man that they they were fornicating, they were increased their whoredoms. By putting their trust in man. By putting their trust in man, they had left God. They had left the Almighty, the Omnipotent One. To trust in men. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms and number 118. And look with me at verse 8 of this 118th Psalm. It is better, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. There are two different words here. word trust in the Lord is a trusting in Him for for refuge. You have confidence in in the Lord. You trust in the Lord for refuge. The other word is confidence. Which is akin to To the first, it means trust. But it would be a more shallow trust. It would be trust in man. It is better to, to trust in the Lord as our refuge than to trust in man. Think about that. What refuge man provide for you? What refuge can man provide for me? What comfort can man provide for me? What comfort can he provide for you? The Lord God He's able to do all things. We'll turn to another scripture in the Psalms, in chapter 146, to dwell on this a little more, Psalms 146, it says, put not your trust, in verse 3, by the way, Psalms 146 and verse 3. Put not your trust in princes. Same word back in the 118th Psalm that was translated confidence. Put not your confidence, put not your trust in princes. Nor in the Son of Man in whom there is no help. Do not put your trust in princes. Listen, the, the thought there, and we're not real familiar with princes, but, but, but in, in that day in that day, princes, David was a prince. They they were mighty warriors. They were they were victorious warriors. <laughs> Fearsome. They went out to battle won great victories for the king. What the verse is telling us here is it doesn't matter how mighty the man is, how great a warrior the man is. We should not put our trust in them. We have experienced in the history of this country in the history of the world mighty princes that have stood out and were victorious the Old Testament David the writer of the, of the this psalm he was a he was a mighty warrior <laughs> but David is David is t- his people don't put your trust in me trust in the Lord you see if the Lord is against you you got problems you got real problems if the Lord's against you The Lord is greater than any man. The Lord is their creator. He's our creator. And so verse 4 tells us, His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth, in the very day his thoughts perish. I mean, life ceases in, in this body of flesh. And he goes, his spirit goes to meet its maker. And this body returns to the dust. once it came, there have been mighty warriors, there have been mighty princes that have gone out to battle and have not returned because they succumb to the battle they were mortally wounded and fell in battle don't put your trust in men it is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in men turn with me now to the book of 2 Kings and I threw this in here just as a way of illustration 2 Kings in chapter 6 and we want to begin reading with verse 15 but just to bring you up to speed Syria and Israel the ten northern tribes were warring There was a conflict. And and the king of Syria held counsel with his princes, with his men, and said, I am going to put up camp in such and such a place. And Elisha sent word to the king of Israel and told the king of Israel, don't go to such and such a place. The king of Syria is there waiting for you. And the king of Syria, he says, what man in our army is for the king of Israel? And his men searched out the matter and they said there, there there is Elisha a man of God a prophet and, and he told the king of Israel the secrets of your bedchamber and the king of Syria wanted to know where where Elisha was <laughs> and they said He's at Dothan, and and so he he sent horses and chariots and, and surrounded the city of Dothan where Elisha was. I'll begin reading verse fifteen. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. there's just, Elisha, have you lost your mind? There's just you and me and maybe one or two others. There's just, but the hillside is covered with, with the, the horses and chariots of the Syrians. We're surrounded. What are we going to do? Verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What Elisha said, there be more that be with us than with them. Well, So Elisha knew, knew God. Elisha knew the power of God, the ability of God. Do we know the power of God? Do we know the ability of God? Is he our refuge? Is he the one that we trust in? How many times do I, how many times do you find yourselves leaning to man? Quite often, in a presidential election, you'll find Christians voting their pocketbook because this man's going to be better for my pocketbook than this man's going to be. I'm going to fare better. I'm going to be better off. I remember... um, must have been in the uh, in the '80s uh, when the phrase really caught on. Are you better off now than you were? Are you better off now than you were? Talking about presidents. Are you worse off now, or are you better? Didn't matter your politics. They looked to the pocketbook. Of course, we know the rest of the story. Elijah, Elisha prayed again, and 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 the men that that came to him were struck with blindness, and said, "What shall we do with them?" And he said, lead him. And they led him into the midst of Samaria. Right into the midst of Samaria. Right into the, the king of Samaria, the king of Israel's stronghold. And, and then pra- prayed, Lord, open their eyes. And they opened their eyes, and there they are in the midst of Samaria, in the midst of the enemy. And, and the king of Israel says, what do you want me to do with him, Elijah? You want me? You want me to kill him? You want me to put him in jail? <laughs> Elijah said, "Is that how you would treat one you, whom you had taken captive by the sword? You would? You would kill him?" Elijah said, "Feed him and give him water to drink, and then let him return." to their master, to the king of Syria. Our God is an awesome God. You say, yeah, yeah but that was in the Old Testament. That was in, in, in the days. Listen, when did God change? Has God changed? <laughs> no, He hasn't. He's the same today. The same yesterday. The same Today the same forever, our God has not changed. He is able. He is able to protect us. He's able to give us deliverance. He's able to give us anything that we are in need of. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. Now, chapter 17. And look with me here at verse 5. Jeremiah 17 and verse 5, we read these words. saith the Lord, cursed, cursed is the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, maketh flesh his strength. And whoso's heart departeth from the Lord. By trusting in man, by by trusting in flesh to be your strength, to be your stronghold. Your heart is departed from the Lord. Our trust is to be in the Lord. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. Another very familiar portion of Scripture. Maybe you wouldn't think that this would fit here. But it does. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. Concerning, he said previously, concerning the sparrow, are not 2 sold for a farthing, the, the least amount of money, just a very fraction of a bit of money are not two So for a farthing and the Lord knows them thought there is He, he ordains their life to death and fear not Them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear Him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Fear. Trust the Lord. Stand in fear of Him. Stand in awe of Him. Be fearful of Him. Trust Him. He's the one in whose hand lies death and life. In His hand. It's not in man's hand. Man, there have been a many a man that thought they could send you to meet your Maker, but weren't able to succeed in sending one to meet their maker. The power of life and death is in the hand of the Lord. Back in our text, we see the first man that Jerusalem was guilty of turning to, looking to, was the Egyptian. Said, so, "Thou hast committed fornication with the Egyptians, thy neighbors. Oh, they—they were—they were great and mighty. The Egyptians were. And I find, really, this is curious, is it not? These are the ones that 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 Israel was in bondage to for four hundred years. Yeah, I know." Uh, what had it been 1500 years 2000 years 1500 years and since that since that time but now they're now they're returning to Egypt and looking to Egypt for help who was it delivered them out of Egypt who was it that that delivered them out of the red sea and slew their enemy in the Red Sea. Who was it that gave give them life? Gave them bread to eat in the wilderness? Gave them water to drink in the wilderness? Where no man passes through, where no man dwelleth. The Lord gave them strength and deliverance. And now they're turning to the Egyptians to help deliver them from the Assyrian, They thought that by appealing to Egypt and their might, their strength, not realizing that God could deliver them, God could give them deliverance just as He did from Egypt those many years ago but they turned away from God and relied on man God says it was an adulterous affair you left me, your husband were unfaithful to me, it was an adulterous affair against the Lord Turn with me back to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings in chapter 17. And in verse, we'll begin reading with verse 1. And I know that this is talking primarily of the ten northern tribes and what is being written in Ezekiel 16 pertains primarily to Judah Jerusalem Judah but Jerusalem as being the the capital city of Israel can be applied to Israel and, and by the time that Ezekiel is, is penning these words and speaking these words to to Jerusalem, uh, Israel has is gone away many years before into captivity, over a hundred years before into captivity. But the we're going to see later on that, that Jerusalem does as did her sister, Samaria. In the twelfth year of Ahaz, king of Judah... "...began Hosea, the son of Elah, to reign in Samaria over Israel nine years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, but not as the kings of Israel that were before him. Against him came up uh, Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, and Hosea became his servant." and gave him presents. And the king of Assyria found conspiracy in Hosea, for he had sent messengers to So, king of Egypt. He He turned to the king of Egypt. He turned to the Egyptians, and brought no present to the king of Assyria, as he had done year by year, Therefore the king of Assyria shut him up and bound him in prison. We, we see Hosea turns to the Egyptians, for he committed he committed adultery, an adulterous affair against the Lord God. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah now. The book of Isaiah, and you're going to see that Judah is, is right in there. The book of Isaiah in chapter 30. And you know that Isaiah was prophet primarily to the tribe of Judah, to the southern kingdom. And he says in verse one, woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk, that walk to do. "...to go down into Egypt, and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, and to trust in the shadow of Egypt." Does the Lord make it plain what, what their intentions were? He's pronouncing a woe upon for turning to Egypt going down to Egypt trusting in the strength of Egypt and not trusting in him therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion for his princes were at zone and his ambassadors came to they were all ashamed of a people that could not profit them nor be an help nor profit but a shame and also reproach the burden of the beast of the south into the land of trouble and anguish from whence come thy young an old lion, the viper, and fiery flying serpent? They will carry them riches upon the shoulders of young asses and their treasures on the bunches of camels to a people that shall not profit them. They're going to carry all this good, all these goods to the Egyptians to a people that cannot profit them, the Lord said. For the Egyptians shall help in vain. They're going to help, but it's not going to help. And to no purpose, therefore, have I cried... Concerning this, their strength is to sit still. As they sit still. Their strength is as if they're sitting still. They're not going to be able to do a thing for you. Turn with me to the 31st chapter, verse 1. Again, woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses, and trust in chariots, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Yet He also is wise, and will bring evil, and will not call back His words, but will arise against the house of the evildoers, and against the help of them that work iniquity. Now, the Egyptians are men and not God. God's God's reminded, they're just men. Because I'm God. They're no God. (laughs) They're not omnipotent. They're not almighty. They're just men. In other words, I created them. They're in my hand to do with as I please. And their horses flesh and not spirit. When the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he that helpeth shall fall, and he that is hoping shall fall down and they all shall fall, shall fail together. See, our cross needs to be in God, not in man. The book of Hosea, the book of Hosea, in chapter 7, in Read verse 11. Again, and if you remember your studies from Hosea, you know that Hosea was prophet to the ten northern tribes. Ephraim also is like a silly dove without heart. (laughs) Doves... uh, uh, our our picture, our likeness of of uh, lack of understanding, they, a silly dove. They they peck and and eat the corn on the ground, and not knowing that that the snare is about to snare them. And if they escape, they build their nest in the same place that their young was taken from, was stolen from. Their they're doll of sense, doll of mind. A silly dove, without heart, without understanding. They call to Egypt. They go to Assyria. <laughs> to Ephraim, Israel, it's like a silly dove. They, they, they go to Egypt. Who was their captors years ago? They go to Assyria. Who were their captors? They go to these countries, to these men. They go to men for help. Because of their unbelief and their unfaithfulness, God brought judgment upon them. Get back to the book of Ezekiel in chapter 16. I want to read verse 27 to you you again. Verse 27, Behold! Therefore, I have stretched out my hand over thee. God's strength, God's power. He stretched out his He stretched out his hand in wrath, and have diminished thine ordinary food, and delivered thee unto the will of them that ha- hate thee, the daughters of the Philistines. <laughs> Those Philistines that yet remained in the land. That hadn't been driven out. In the days of Joshua. And after the death of Joshua. They were allowed to remain in the land. And, and the Philistines hated them. And they, the Philistines, they were their enemies. Which are ashamed. Of thy lewd way. The Philistines, because of of their sin, because their sin was so exceeding and so lewd, such a reproach. It even caused the Philistines. You want to know what the Philistines were like? Read Leviticus chapter 17 and 18. Israel given instructions there concerning incest and and everything and bestiality and all these things. And and it says, don't be like the inhabitants of the land that you're going to drive out. Philistines were some of them. And the evil ways of Jerusalem were such that it even made the Philistines blush and to be ashamed of. To come up against them. Well, we'll close there tonight.